just a few minutes, we'll be right with you with another award-winning, action-packed edition of your Tony Basilio show. You know what? You know what? You know what? We were just doing this a second ago. I want to hear some fight songs today. Oh, man. Great Friday to you and yours. We are so close and so far away, as the old song goes. Let's play some college football tomorrow. How about it? It's just such a special, unique thing, right? And today on your Friday edition, Sans Bino, we're going to go for it today. We're going to break it down scientifically, and we're going to flat out go for it today with you. Tony Basilio in the hunt and in the mix and in the mix you and in the hunt. And why is my son calling me? I don't know. But I'm on the air, and there you go. It's av- absolutely outstanding. Great day to be alive and well with you. Totally beautiful. Couldn't be any better. Incredible. To the phones we go. Brian Hartman, Matt Dixon, good morning to both of you. Matt Imperbino today. Are you guys fired up, focused, and prepared for a Friday edition? We got more. We've got more breakfast golf tone. I love breakfast golf, and you are winning the golf tournament so far. Yep. Brian. Brian's double dipping already. Yeah, already got done with his round. And yep. yeah, yeah. That, that's pretty good, Brian. You went off but today, I Brian. To, uh, I didn't go to Georgia though, like uh, the leader did. You went on an absolute burner today. I think that's kind of incredible how a lot of these world level golfers are tied to a lot of these southern schools. Isn't that amazing? Though they're it seems Europeans. like half of them are tied to Georgia. It's incredible. You know, Patrick Reed and Bubba Watson. Who's so unlike the current poor leader Patrick Reed. of this tourney. There need to be some former balls on the tour. We need some BFLs. We really do. I'll tell you what's incredible is that Rory McElroy signed with ETSU. Did you guys know that? I did. So I think I think that was that's kind of like some of these like top five picks in the MLB draft that signed with colleges. Though I don't think that he he ever had any intention of of coming over here uh, as as an amateur, but he did sign with them, so they get credit for that. It's unbelievable, Andy. My son was calling to tell me, Dad, your your app's playing on the air. You're late getting on the air today, as if I didn't know that. Better late than never is all I got to say to him. But thank you for listening to the show today. He's filling in for Laura. Yes, he's filling in for Laura, who's uh, filling in for me right now upstairs, holding it down. It's an incredible Friday. Guys, um, so I was wanting to do a special show in honor of SEC Media Week. And, Brian, have they released yet? who the media's picked and 
the all-league teams and all that stuff. Has that stuff come across yet? I mean, why wasn't that released yesterday? I don't know. I've seen Peter Burns pick out pick up his individual, put who out his individual picks, about, but nothing official. Who cares about Peter Burns? That's all I can find. Your neighborhood that's your really teeing me off. What in the world? Matt, why haven't they released that yet? Why isn't that not all over the place? Uh, <laughs> good good question. I, I would assume it's electronical, so they don't even have to count them, which could be an issue for some of the people, um, especially when the thing was in Hoover. But uh, I, I don't know. That should have been released. Really, by the end of yesterday, before or about the time all of it, this was wrapping up, SEC's become kind of a metastasized mess, Matt. It, it's almost like it's too NWO for its own good right now. Do you all feel that way? The SEC, it's so NWO now. It's so NWO. Well, get ready for next year because you've got. Two big fish coming in. Oh, my gosh. And they're taking it to Texas. And, oh, boy. Are they going to jam it down your throat at that point? Not to be confused with Orange Throat, who was a good entry today. A very good entry, in fact. Here's my question for you. What is your first recollection that college football was something you wanted to be a part of? Don't hate on me, but here's mine. I found mine on YouTube. YouTube is so amazing. I remember, and it's really ironic that this is my first memory, because I got to know this person extremely well, and I don't think I ever, I mean, not that he would care, but I think one of the reasons why I love college football as much as I do is because of this game. game. Featuring Pittsburgh versus Penn State. This is from 1976. Pittsburgh was number one in America. I was nine years old. And the whole day, my family was so fired up for this game. And I didn't even know what sports were. I barely knew what sports were. Tonight. The number one ranked Pittsburgh this was a rare night game. Tony Dorsett, who you know as Tony Dorsett, whose real name is Tony Dorsett, but changed his name when he got to Dallas. Listen to that, how cool it is. How 70s is that music? Listen to that. And Bud Wilkinson's on the call with Chris Schenkel. And it was just something about it. My brother was going to Penn State at the time. They were all jacked up. Penn State had beaten them, had beaten them like nine games in a row. Pitt was number one in America. That's my first memory of college football right there. Johnny Majors coaching Pitt. Listen to this. Listen to how they describe Johnny Majors. Young Johnny Majors coaching Pittsburgh. Brian, 
And, of course, I grew up in a Penn State household. And Pitt went out that night and put it on Penn State, smoked them. And it was just something about that sporting event, that game right there that pulled me in. That's my first memory of college football. And I can go back and look at it. And uh, in honor of today's program, I closed my eyes like around, oh, I don't know, an hour or so before the show and sort of nodded off and was thinking about everybody that was in that room. One of my uncles was there. My dad was there. My brother was there. My mom was there. Another one of my brothers was there. It's amazing how sport can do that. I went right back. And so here's my question for you today. As somebody who, from that moment on, sports just got me. What is your first experience with college football? Because there's truly nothing like, to me, college football. And I love all the sports. And I was thinking about my journey today. It's just so ironic that I had the real pleasure of of, um, interacting with, getting to know Johnny Majors, who Brian right there is described as this young coach who's taken Pittsburgh back to the top of college football. I guess he would have been how old at the time, thinking about it. I sure wish he were still with us. Mid-40-ish, maybe? How old would he have been in 76? Maybe mid-40-ish. Yeah, early, maybe early 40s. Yeah. Well, he, he played at UT like in the mid-50s, so if he was like 20 then, he would be... 40? Uh, yeah, he'd be right around in his, in his 40s, already at his, his second gig. Pretty head cool. coaching job. Matt Dixon, your... He, he had Pittsburgh set up. They, they were going to win at least another national title under him because he had them kind of set up for success, didn't he? Oh, my God. Their team was incredible. They're, they're, you didn't mess with them in the 70s. And he handed it to Jackie Sherrill, and it was still very good. But there was something better than out. decent coach in his own right. Back then, there was no college football on television. You got a game a week. And that's what made that thing bigger. We were sitting there all day waiting for that game. Of course, it turned out to be a dud. But they were telling me about all these games. And, you know, and I was showing an interest. So, you know, my brother was feeding me and pumping me up. And then I watched the sheep get deflated in that room at night. It seemed like that rivalry games like Nebraska-Oklahoma were bigger because there weren't that many games televised. So it seemed like they were a bigger deal. Even even about a decade later, you didn't have maybe – you had maybe three to five all day games on TV. That's right. 
And then when ESPN, even in its infancy, they weren't really doing as much college football as one would think. But then they ended up middle of the decade when that FCA deal was struck, like in 84. Matt Dixon, your first memory of uh, major college football when you said, man, this is something I'm going to get into. This is going to be one of my jams in life. Yeah, well, I've, I've talked about it on air before, but the uh, the '96 season opener against uh, UNLV um, was up there in in Double A in the upper deck with my dad before they enclosed it. We were like five five seats from the end of of the the top deck up there. Uh, just fell in love with with college football and Tennessee football that night. Uh, kind of a, a blowout game, and you know, it's one of my early, one of my first games uh, going with my dad. Where I could kind of, I knew what was going on, and we we stayed the whole game. Something that we probably never did since um, in a blowout game. But that that would be mine for in, in person. And then even b- before that, um, I used to watch the um, Miracle at South Bend VHS like mm. all the time. Mm. Um, and that, so that that's like my first like memory of of Tennessee football is is watching that on tape. Um, I, I don't know if that's kind of what you're looking for or not, but no, absolutely, um, that's it. I've, I've, I mean, that, and that's just one of the all-time great games in Tennessee history. Uh, the the orange pants up there, uh, Aaron Hayden high stepping into the end zone. Everything about that comeback is is incredible, and I kind of fell in love with it then. And then in person, when I, you know, that '96 season opener, um, just kind of. Became part of me. Tennessee football did that so, night. So there was like a VHS like laying around your house, and you just put it in to watch it, or they put it in to watch it, oh, and yeah, put it in for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. It was like one of those like Vault Network, you know, deals. Oh, that's um, really cool. I also had that. It was like a hundred years of Tennessee football. It was actually mm. a two a two VHS set. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, and I, I used to to wear that thing out too. So. Available at J.C. Penny from your Vol Network, Vols on Video, in the clamshell cases. Matt came in the hard shell case. Yes, yes, it absolutely did. Yes, A little plastic wrap. Yeah. Um, Brian Hartman, and then we'll go to the phones at eight six five two hundred five four zero two. I want you to tell me your first memory of college football. It doesn't have to involve Tennessee. Like, mine mine involves Penn State. And it's just really interesting that mine involves a series that's no longer played. Which is another thing that was just kind of a bummer to me today when I was thinking about it. But it doesn't make it no less valid. But there's something special about college football. You know, when I was watching that open today on television or on uh, YouTube, I was looking at just how colorful that is and uh, all the different, like, cheerleaders and bands and things like that they featured on the intro. And, I mean, it just made me feel good. Just on this summer day, just... It just made me, and that's what we're trying to do here. Get you ready for the season. Make you feel good. Brian Hartman, what is your first 
time you can remember, hey, this is something I'm going to be a part of. Because I made that decision that night. Hey, I'm jumping into this thing. Probably when Dale Jones made that incredible interception that was pivotal in beating Alabama for the fourth straight year in a row. Because I'd heard of Coach Bryant and knew Alabama was a pretty big deal. And to beat them four years in a row and to the first time I actually lived one of those games was really kind of cool. And then the very next week, I think they played Georgia Tech at home. And it was one of those deals where they had such a – they were coming off such a high. And it actually, the Georgia Tech game was the first game I ever went to. Nice. It ended up, it ended up being a 6-6 tie. They kicked a long field goal. I guess Fouad Reves kicked a long field goal to tie the game very late. And it was a game where I really thought that they were going to get beat the whole the whole time. And I didn't know quite how to feel walking out of there. I was thinking, well, this sort of feels like a win, tying them like that. But then again, it wasn't a win. So I was sort of confused on the kind of emotions I should have. But I didn't walk out of there really upset. But I was a little bit, you know, thinking, well, they beat Alabama. How can they only tie Georgia Tech at home? And then I come to learn later on that through one of these things you did that, I think four years earlier they beat Alabama and came back the very next week and lost to Georgia Tech. Oh yeah, Johnny Major's talking about jumping off, you know, like jumping off something. You got to jump off cloud nine. (laughs) When you're or something to that, something to that degree. The thing that's great when you get into something, right? Somebody takes you under wing and teaches you the sport. And see, you don't even realize that. You don't even realize when it's happening. But like. Your friends, your family, people around you, people in the barber shop, wherever it is. Somebody takes you under wing, and it's like oral history. It's handed down to you. Not something you get out of a book. You know, if you stop and think about that for a second, there's somebody in your life when you were a kid, or even if you got into it like when you went to a university somewhere. If you're listening to this show, chances are you either want to laugh, which, you know, you you like the humor. I get that. But chances are you're probably pretty interested in this. And so if you're interested in it, somebody somewhere along the way, like Brian was saying, you know, Brian says, well, you know, I went back and they taught me that, well, this is the pattern for Tennessee. You have one extremely loud, you're jumping out of your skin moment. And then you have one, I want to jump out of this world moment the next week. And Bino calls it, all these years later, Cupcheck University. And Brian experienced it in the mid-80s. So that's been that's been with us for a long, long time, apparently. Let's go to the phones. My question for you today is walk us through your first recollection of this thing we call college football. And if you want to give a shout out to somebody that uh kind of took you under wing and taught it to you. For me, it was my older brothers that sort of taught it to me. They were more 
college football fans than my father was. My father was more of a pro- professional football fan. My brother's more college football fans than my dad. Let's go to the phones. 865-200-5402. Hello and welcome in to our first call on this Friday. You're live on the air. Hi. Hi. Welcome in. Joe from Black County. How you doing? Hey, Joe. Great to talk to you, my friend. Talk to you. My first recollection of Tennessee football or sports in general was in 1968, I believe it was, because I think I was either 9 or 10 years old. And uh, we were watching the bowl games on New Year's Day. My mom and I were. My dad was a state trooper, and he was working. It was just us there. It was rainy and cold. Mm. And I asked my mother, who was playing on TV, and she said, those guys with those T's on her helmet, that's Tennessee. And I was like, Tennessee? I said, wow. So I started watching it, and it was on an old GE black and white TV. It was full of snow. Couldn't see it hardly. Wind would blow, and the antenna would turn. I'd have to run outside in the rain, turn the antenna, and my mom would have to yell to me, Whoa, yes, it's, it's, it's okay. I'd run back in, watch for a few minutes, I'd run back out and do it again. But if I'm not mistaken, it may have been 67 or 68, I'm not sure. I'm, I know it was either late afternoon because it was dark, or if it was it was, it was was night. I don't know when the Orange Bowl was played in those days. I know it's played you know, at night now. Yeah. But uh, I'll never forget that. And that, just seeing those helmets with those tees on it, I was hooked at that age from then, from then on. You know, I was raised 70 miles outside of Nashville, so all we got was Vanderbilt crap. Where was that? Where, where were you raised? I was raised in a little town called Baxter, Tennessee. Yes, Baxter, near Cookville. Yes. Yep. On a farm really down at Cedar Hill, and uh, we got fed all the Vanderbilt crap. And uh, But that, that day on, I was a Tennessee guy have been ever since and it was a great memory i don't even, don't even remember who won the game but doesn't I matter know, yeah i knew it didn't matter doesn't matter you know i just remember seeing those guys and i thought those are my guys that's my, that's my boys out there. and this is something i want to be a part of yes it's pretty neat yes. and when it happens so like when you got deeper into it who took you under wing now that you think back on it was it the community that kind of raised you on the sport on uh, Tennessee, or who took you under wings? Yeah, pretty much. We got the Nashville Tennessean in the, in the mail, and uh, I started searching the sports page every day, trying to find Tennessee stuff. You know, we we, uh, we got the replays of Tennessee basketball games. Oh my gosh, John Ward, man! Right after that, John Ward, young John Ward. And, wow. Uh, yes. And uh, so I got indoctrinated by that, mm. and uh, it was just—I was just hooked from then on. What a guy to take you hooked. under wings, man, John Ward. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. Much love to you, Joe. Thank Blessed you, brother. To be here. Oh man, Thank you, buddy. what a blessing. Back to the phones we go. Hello and welcome in. Sorry about that. Let's get our next call in. Hello and welcome. Hey, good morning, Tony. Good morning. So this is a topic I absolutely have to call in on because it just 
something I'll never forget. All right. Um, it was 1983, and Tennessee was playing at Alabama. And I don't, I don't really know why. I think it's because it might have been on uh, ESPN, and we didn't have cable. Mm. But we went to Knoxville and stayed at the Holiday Inn on the World's Fair side to watch the game. Wow, that's yeah. so cool. Now, where was your family from? Where Where were you at the time? Tazewell. Oh, that's great. That's yeah. cool. What a cool family. That's awesome, man. And so I I was you know I was six years old and and I mean I knew my parents went to the ball games but I I I didn't go because uh, I was so young. But I remember Johnny Jones making that run and seeing my dad just so happy. And, uh, and of course, we won the game. Uh, by the way, that's one of John Ward's great calls. And it's just the uh, audio is not good on it. But when the game ended, uh, what I didn't realize, I guess it was just that I was so young, is the entire hotel was full of Tennessee fans. And people were running down the halls and yelling and screaming. And I remember some guy I'd never met in my life just picks me up, throws me up in the air. And I was like, this is this is something, you know. This is really, really something. Well, then, to close the season, uh, my parents took me to the Vanderbilt game, and my dad said, if we win, we'll go, I'll take you all to Florida, and we'll go to the Citrus Bowl. You had no and chance. So, you had zero that, chance at this yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, that, that absolutely did me in. I mean, that was, uh, yeah. And, so, and I've done it to my kids. I've told them, you know, sickness, and you must inherit it, so. Uh, hey, before I jump off here, because I want to hear a lot of other people's stuff, Tony, I, I do want to tell you, the um, it took me a long time to go listen to the Alabama uh, fifth quarter. Uh, the, the night we won, I just couldn't. I was just too emotional. And I've, I've listened to it all summer long, and it is one of the – it's still one of the most special moments. And I can't wait one day for you to do a gate 21 on it. Um, I think that will be a – That'll be something we'll always have. So, that's nice of you. Thank you, brother. Thank you, and thank you for sharing. And my best to you and your family. Imagine guys living in an era where you had to drive to a hotel to watch a game on television. Matt, your family did it. Imagine how special that is. How cool that is. Yeah, yeah, that just doesn't happen today. No, and imagine how much that means to you. That's really cool. That's really next level. I mean, this was worth the price of admission already, sir. You just touched me. You, you and 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 then him, uh, uh, Joe and Blount County describing something I remember, which is turning that antenna. No, no, go the other way. Back to the it's, phone uh, as we go. It's so great. It's how. That's why you had so many great play-by-play guys back then no doubt that could that uh made it almost seem like you could watch it on television by listening to their it, voice it was real let's get our next call in hello and that's and why john ward is so treasured oh hello and welcome to our next call hey tony martin ball hey martin first memory for me uh, it started going up to the game uh huh. My folks used to stay at what we call the low quality in RIP to its existence. Uh, it, it went out at the Magnuson Hotel across from the uh, Westtown Mall in Knoxville. 
pulling up there on a Friday night, cigarette smoke billowing in the hallways of the band, you know, the bass, you could hear it. And I'm a young kid. And my dad's colleague, uh, uh, was a, two colleagues, uh, were twins, Sally and Sandy Langley. And, uh, you know, a lot of people from back in the eighties and nineties might remember them. Um, they were, they were wild. And, and, you know, one thing Sally and Sandy would do before the season, leading up to the season, they'd paint their, their fingernails orange. So, you know, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 by the week. And, uh, I just thought that was real cool. So the day of the game, they get me up and we're playing Temple this day. And, uh, they spray paint my hair orange. I mean, they're just, you know, I'm, I'm, six years old at the time, and I walk on the campus with my father and his colleagues, Sally and Sandy, the twins, and um, we go to Stefano's. I'm thinking, this is just something else. And what got me was you see the tea, you see the orange and all the colors, and there was a streaker in the middle of the game. And this streaker had come kind of from where I was sitting. I think it was a college student. And, you know, I'm sick, and I don't really get it, but I'm just saying – this is the wildest, weirdest, coolest thing I have ever seen in my life. And I wanted to hook into it. So I think, you know, we it was a pretty dull game. We, we beat yeah. back out of Temple. And my next one was UCLA when we and everybody about died a year later. Oh. Um, and, and like uh, Matt Jay, the, the tape that I fell in love with was back on Bourbon Street, 1990, Tennessee Volunteers and and just watching that wild season and an incredible schedule. And it just, to me, that it, it was just everything that went into it. Um, and, and I, I, you know, and I'll lastly, I'll say, I also remember that the pit games, for whatever reason, playing Penn State before they ended that thing, I remember that kind of around the air, too. It's very blurry, but I remember being a Gatlinburg watching that. But that's, that's really what pops. And then I kind of hooked in after that. So, um, two, two female twins and staying at the low quality end. That was my <laughs> the low quality. Hey, thanks for the call, man. And, and one thing he said is really true. College football is its own universe. I mean, that's a, that's a decent place to park. When you stop and think about what he just shared, it is, it's, when you stop and think about that, there are things that we have that are so unique in the in that sport and as you get to know those things whether it's the you know the sooner schooner smoky here in knoxville running through the tea whatever it is and it's so colorful it's so fun it's so set apart it's so real it's unlike a lot of professional sports where it's a bunch of fake energy in the professional sports you don't need the fake energy that you get from the NBA and things like that. The hype teams. You don't, you don't, college football, you don't need that. We'll come back. More phone calls as we continue. And then if they ever release something from the SEC, we'll talk about it as well as we continue. It's your Friday edition. Kicking it with you. Your first recollection of uh, of when you knew you wanted to be a part of this college football thing, and then who took you under wings? More after this. 
Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. 
Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I want to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. This is Delk Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charity, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. Gypsy Kings featuring Tonino Baliardo return to Nashville with a concert that will take you on a trip down memory lane. The Gypsy Kings will be performing their greatest hits November 4th at TPAC Andrew Jackson Hall. For you to dance and enjoy an unforgettable night. Tickets on sale through toninobaliardo.com. A loud and live production. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM, Columbia. TB, back with you. So the SEC had a media meeting, and they still haven't released. I don't know. I mean, did they lose the ballots? Can they make something up? Joe Milton for SEC preseason player of the year. Should we just make up our own deal here? I, I don't know. But in the meantime, we've been discussing, celebrating college football with you, getting you ready, because it's so fun. How you got here. It's fun to think about our own sports journeys into degenerate-hood. Sometimes I wonder, you know, if I could do my life over, what would it be like to not have sports in it? Do I spend too much time with this stuff? I mean, all these things we do, you know, you're taking, like, personal inventory, but several folks have already have said things here that have resonated with me, so let's keep it going. As we go back to our phones, hello and welcome into our next call on a Friday. You are live on your Tony Basilio show. Hi. Hey, good morning. Hello. This is Brent. 
Um, well, first of all, it was my dad who who really uh, got me to love college football. Awesome. He loved it a lot. But um, I can remember watching the um, 1966 Kentucky game on television, and that was uh, Doug Dickey's third season. Um, Tennessee won the game, and that was only their 12th televised game of all time. <laughs> That's the first game I really remember watching. Uh, but Tennessee's first televised game was in 1951 against Alabama, which is a little before my time. But uh, I just realized something that makes me feel kind of old. This this football season, 2023, will be the 84th year of televised college football. And I've been around for 62 of it. <laughs> wow. So. <laughs> you know what's funny? Li- living in, like, growing up in the 70s, and, and I was looking at, because they, they played a clip in, in the roll into that 76 Penn State pit game I was talking about, which was my first exposure. And the series at that time was something like 34 to 33 with like three ties. It's really close. But the point is, it's only 60 years old or 65 years old at that point. But we didn't think about that back then. Stuff was really young. It's interesting mm-hmm. to look back on. Well, it's it's just kind of it just kind of blows my mind that that uh, football college football has been on for eighty four years on television. The first college football game was in nineteen thirty nine, televised in nineteen thirty nine, and the first NFL game was too same year. Yeah, it was also no, and none of us really even stopped to think about it because there it was. It was sort of in your face. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was your first memory. So you caught that on, t- and it being on television was a special treat, huh? Kind of like it was in our household. Wow, it's going to be on TV tonight. Yes, because we we didn't really get to go to, you know, to to Neela Stadium. Yeah, very rarely ever, you know, if ever. So if we got to see it on television. And back then, Tennessee was, you know, they weren't on television very much in the sixties or 70s, for that matter, really. They didn't start being on television a lot until probably about the mid-80s when, when um, you know, the cable station started to have SEC football. I think Superstation WTBS started to have Oh, you're so SEC great. Football. Those games were so great, man. But listen, oh, I, they're fantastic. I, I, lo- I love thinking about that stuff, and I, I appreciate you sharing your memory with us. Thank you, my man. Thank you. And have a blessed have a- day. Yeah, you too. Let's get our next call in. Hello and welcome. Your first morning, recollection. Morning, your first recollection of uh, college football and when you knew this would be a part of your life. Hello and welcome into our next call. Uh, good morning, Tony. Good morning. Uh, Jason from Florence, Alabama. Hey, welcome in, Florence, Alabama. Yeah, first recollection. Uh, you may have to help me here. Could have been 65, 66, I can't remember. Television game with Georgia. Georgia was the number one team in the South. I don't recall if they were ranked number one in the country or not, but. The South, that's right. We used to rank them by, we used to rank them by, um, where you were in the country. That's right. Yeah, but they they were picked to be number one team in the South for sure. Big favorites to win the game. We score on the last play of the game. So we get to go for extra point. We had to go for two to tie. We got the tie. I think it was 17-17. 
And that day I became all things bull. How old were you? I was a, probably a sophomore in high school at that time, sophomore or junior, depending on whether it was 65 or 66. Uh, but that was it. And, uh, I mean, so much excitement, exciting end of the game. They were big underdogs. Fans went crazy. Uh, just, just great memory. And since then, uh, didn't get to go to my first game until the year I got out of the Army. Oh, Went man. Went for the Auburn game. That was the 21 to nothing ground. Uh, what year would that have been? That, what year would that have been? The one they punted back on first down. Yeah, what year would that have been? I believe that was 71. Wow. It should have been September 71. Uh, and they, they punted back to Auburn on first down two or three times <laughs> in the pouring rain. And it wound up, it wound up, they, it, it worked for them because they got, they got an Auburn fumble and they took it in to score. So, I think the final was 21 to nothing, but a uh, great day at my first game at Midland. That so, is a beautiful memory. Hey, thank you for your service as well. Hey, look, one more thing. Please, uh, please. I mention this. Please. Uh, I, I know you haven't been talking about this, not the subject right now, but the uh, media, uh, SEC this week, uh, I got to tell you, Josh Hoppel knocked it out of the park. Incredible. Out of the park. Incredible. I, mean, I was talking so to good. these guys off the air about it. It blew my mind how good he was yesterday. Blew yeah, my mind. Absolutely. Comfortable. Ah. Oh. No, didn't avoid any sub. Perfect. He was. I went back uh, and rewatched it last night, and I'm not a coach worship guy. I'm not. I was like, this freaking guy is growing on the job here. Somebody's yeah, working with him. Six forty-seven. The guy just gets it. He smoked he it yesterday. It. Yeah, he did. He, he knocked it out of the park. And, you know, and being the, you know, and he mentioned this, being the NCAA stuff's behind them, you know, it's probably surely going to help them, even though they've done quite well, especially with it hanging over them. But that being out of the way, anyway, I just wanted to comment on how well I thought he did. He was just, a, he was awesome. Thank you, brother. Good talking to you. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. So yesterday we were in TLD Logistics Overdrive, Overtime, and we had, and that's our extra time segment, where we go app only and do our thing. And um, we were asked comments. You know, we, we, we played it, the transmission from there. I just couldn't believe how good he was. John Adams, who, you know, he's not here to throw any flowery language at you. Couldn't believe it. The calls, we took two or three calls. You know, we had to get off the air, but just sat here all day. Somebody keeps calling my, mm, because they can't get through on the phone line. Brian, do you like when they call your personal cell phone because the phone's ringing off the hook? Are you are you for that or against that, Brian? I am for a cell mute button all right, or whatever on. you do to I'll mute the cell phone. It. Hang on. I'll put up, uh, <laughs> is that do not disturb? Is that what that is? I think or just the silencer, yeah. or whatever, whatever works. <sighs> Thank you, Brian. That's Derek Dooley noted. Let's go back to our phones. <laughs> Brian just low-key burned me. Hello and welcome in. Get our next call uh, on a Friday. Hi, you're on the air. 
Hey, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Um, first uh, memory of college football was in '98. Uh, mm. um, I grew up in Virginia, and uh, <clears throat> my mom never watches football. And you know, we uh, we get home, she turns on the TV, and uh, it's the Tennessee Florida game. She's like, "Your dad's there right now." And I was like, "What?" And I just remember taking it all in and watching that game and how it unfolded and how intense it was. And then, uh, obviously, we all know how that game went. And then the next day, my dad got home and uh, brought me a uh, Jamal Lewis jersey and a Tennessee hat. Oh, how old were you? How old were you? I was six. So, you were, oh, you were way uh, under wing at that point. When that Jamal Lewis jersey yeah. showed up, you were way under wing. Do you still have that jersey? Unfortunately, I don't. Isn't that uh, incredible how we never uh, kept stuff? I never kept any of my things, and I wish I would have. I wish I would have. But uh, uh, same here. It's just amazing. I think man. I still have the program from that game. But uh, uh, yeah, that's when uh, CNN they would have the Sports Minute. Oh yeah. On uh, on Sunday morning, and they showed the highlights, and then they showed the goalpost being torn down. So my dad, you know, he he knew I kind of caught the. Uh, the uh, Tennessee football uh, fever. So uh, we went to the UAB game uh, later that year. And I remember uh, walking into the stadium and the first thing I saw was the uh, orange letters. And uh, I'm just glad they put those back on the stadium uh, this past year. And, you know, you think about all the kids that saw that Alabama game this year, kind of same thing that happened to me. Like, how many Tennessee fans or kids became Tennessee fans that night? So, Amen. That's a great sentiment. Thank you. And, and you know, that's one thing that I try to stay extremely cognizant of when we're doing the post game, which is really a privilege to sit in that seat. And Matt O'Brien will tell you that. We talk about this. When I get parents that call with a car full, I'll say, hey, put your child, you know, I hear, hear him in the background. Let's mess with him a little. Put him on. That's a part of somebody's memory for forever. I mean, Matt, he's so right. Can you imagine if you're like under the age of 10 and you watch that Alabama game and watch those people on the field, what that would do to you? What that would have done to young Matt Dixon? Think about that. Or if your dad would have been after the game, or your mom, or somebody in your house would have been sitting around listening to the Garza Law fifth quarter fan reaction, which wasn't a part of your childhood growing up. But can you imagine how impactful that would have been? Just that whole world around it? Oh, it it would probably be a lot like the, the 98 Florida game was for me. That would probably be the best best way I could come up with it. I mean, it'd be incredible. One of those just kind of defining moments of your yep. of your sports fandom. And your folks, too, the thing about that Alabama game is they're going to let you stay up and watch that, even if you have a set bedtime. Right after I start getting into that, that Penn State 76 game, my... 
when the Phillies would play in the playoffs, my dad was like, I'm going to let you stay up after that. It's like, whoa. Call me stay up. This is different. Big game here tonight, Tony. We're all going, you know, we're all going to watch this as a family. This is part of what we do as a tribe here. Let's go back to our phones. It's fun stuff. Of course, the SEC, they can't release, so we can't talk about. Josh Heupel was insane yesterday. He blew, he, he got me blowing, blowing my mind. Is it tomorrow or just the end of time, Jimi Hendrix? Hello and welcome into our next call. Tony, Your I grew up. This is Rob. This is Rob and Maryville. Rob, I grew up. I grew up, and and, and I, I just look back and can't believe how blessed I was. Now, my dad went to Georgia Tech. So when I was two or three, I was being carted down to Atlanta. And I, one of my earliest memories was the Ramblin' Wreck Parade. I love a, that field. That Grant Field and that Ramblin' Wreck and that little thing is a – and then the 70s, that would have been insane. Right, because you were in a hole. You're in a hole, and you would go to breakfast right across the street at this little diner. Uh, it was great atmosphere. But my grandfather was a Tennessee fan. Mm. Wanted, his, wanted his son to go to Georgia Tech because of engineering wound up getting his master. But the whole thing is, is I wound up hating Georgia from an age that I don't even remember not hating Georgia because I could. The only way I could curse was saying "Go to hell, Georgia," and for the radio listeners, urinate on Auburn. I was able to say that. I was allowed. That was okay. And so I'd come back. But my dad's best friend were uh, were Tennessee grads. So I was getting fed Tennessee, Georgia Tech, Tennessee, Georgia Tech. Meanwhile, my mother's side, uh, my cousin played at uh, at, at Mississippi State. Wow. His brother played at Ole Miss. Wow. I have cousins in LSU. My grandfather on my mother's side went to Vanderbilt. My dad, my grandfather hated Kentucky. I don't understand one thing. If I go back, I can't understand why he hated Kentucky so much. Just don't know. Matt, why would he hate Kentucky? Matt, what do you think? Why would he hate Kentucky? Uh, he pr- probably had a negative interaction with, with a knuckle dragger at some point. <laughs> <laughs> he was never pleasant about him. He was never pleasant about him. And, Matt is. You know, this is. I grew up having gone to these stadiums and gone through these things and i remember uh i guess i was seven years old going with a neighbor and i watched tennessee play alabama and i remember it was uh i had the cup for so long because it had a, a tennessee in orange player and an alabama in crimson player hitting each other on, 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 the, on the cup and i just thought that was the neatest thing phenomenal and and you would sit there and you would watch these games. And it's funny, I went and joined the Navy, and I left the SEC for a while. And I'm going to tell you something. When you, you know, it was the early 90s, and I was on the submarine. So for the most part, I was fed Virginia football, which is awful. Um, and I was fed Notre Dame and Michigan and Ohio State, which I thought all those guys, all those teams suck in my mind. I, I'm sorry, I just, I just didn't like them. And when I would sit, when I go back and I get to go to a Tennessee game or something, I'm gonna be honest with you, tears would come in my eyes because it was just such a passion and love that you just built in the South and in football and in college football. You can't, you can't mimic it. You can't, you can't explain it to people. You know, 
Um, I've been to the Grove. It's gorgeous. It is gorgeous. It's weird as heck is that. I've been at Alabama. Yeah. I've been in Auburn. I have never been to, to Florida, but never want to go because that's just a trailer town. Well, it's just I've yeah, been to, in the Northeast. But but you you are so right in terms of, and I appreciate you. Thank you. I'm up against it, Rob. Good talking to you, and thank you for your service. We just have so many things that are so unique about this that make it so great. The bean counters will never understand the stuff we're talking about. The bean counters at the top of this thing who try to strip it away, they, they hear us doing a show like this and go, that's dumb. Because these things are intrinsic. You can't put a dollar value on them. It's, it's insane, really. It's amazing. 865-200-5402. Brian, that worked. Since I put the do not disturb, I'm, that person's, st- I see they're still calling my phone, but it's not ringing now, Brian. You, you fixed me up there. It's like, amazing how that works. It's like phone discipline, Bri. <laughs> Hour, he's like laughing at me. Hour two on your radio. Your, how did you get into this? Your first recollection when it became real to you. More after this. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie. And you're listening to 101.7 FM WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late model, low mileage, one owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. Hello, it's me, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. July reminds me of red, white, and blue. If you were born in July, your birthstone is the ruby, king of the precious stones, for its rarity, hardness, second only to diamonds. We have a beautiful collection from earrings to rings, modern and antique. If you were born in July, we'll take 10% off your purchase. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Baird's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. 
Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. July is Beef Month in Tennessee, recognizing one of the state's largest and most important industries. Our state's 37,000 cattle producers are contributing to the state's economy, conserving natural resources, and providing a high-quality protein for people to enjoy. The Murray County Farm Bureau salutes our beef farmers for their commitment to producing a healthy and sustainable food choice. Beef is a good source of 10 essential nutrients, including high-quality protein, iron, and zinc. Join us in celebrating July Beef Month in Tennessee. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. TB back with you, 865-2. What you did yesterday was fui magnifique. I, I'd sell that for $8 a pop all day long. Oh, let's go back to our phones. 865-200-5402. Matt, who do they have uh, winning the West? In the SEC, before we go back to the phones, and we've been doing a very special, sacred topic here. Uh, they'll pro- probably go with the conservative pick and, and go with Alabama over LSU. Who are you picking, Matt? On your personal I, ballot, who do you I, have? I, LSU. No. Everybody doesn't want to let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Got to let it go. Come on, Post Malone. Got to let it go. They don't want to let it go, do they, Matt? That the old world Uh, order of Saban, it's changed. Not at all. No. Not at all. No. Phil Steele's got all these. And you love Phil Steele. He's got all these... uh, 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 Whatever he calls them, power rating and this and that. But when it comes to Alabama, Nine only, power rankings. The only reason he has Alabama up there, he told us, is because of Saban. All right, here it is. The preseason media voting results are out. All right. And Tennessee is picked second in the East, behind Georgia, of right. course. I'll go down the list. South Carolina third. All right, Matt, guess four. Matt, four. well, you got Brian. This is Sorry, radio. Son, dang it. Damn, Brian. Dang it. Dang it. So, Matt, who's five? 
Is it going to be uh, your choices be, are Florida, Missouri, Florida, Missouri, Florida. or Vandy? Florida will be five. All right, who's six? Uh, that'd be Missouri. Poor Missouri. Those poor guys. Your boy Dimwit. And then Clark Lee. All right, the get, SEC West. Uh, hang on. Let guess Matt it. Guess the, guess, the, the, guess. There you go. Matt, give me the first four in the West, then we'll go back to the phones. Thank you, hon. Um, I'll go Al- Alabama, yep. LSU, yep. A&M, uh, you could probably mix up the next. Throw um, a miss in there. Throw a miss in Ar- there. Ar- Arkansas, Ole Miss. Auburn, Mississippi State. How close did he come, Brian? That's a hell of a You missed. You only missed Ole Miss and Arkansas were reversed, so, but you got everybody else. You nailed oh. the rest of it. And the champion, of course, is picked to be Georgia. Is Joe Milton second team quarterback in the SEC? Were they thinking? I'll have to go scroll. Yeah, scroll. That, but, scroll, but scroll, scroll, that- baby. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Vanderbilt received five votes to win the conference by credentialed media members at SEC Media Days. Well, that's good. I would make a mockery of my vote, too, if I was there. So well, It was in Nashville, so. Let's get our there next call in. Text Chris Lee and ask him if he was one of them. Hello and welcome into our next call, because I knew George Plaster didn't pick him. Hello and welcome in. How are my friends and compatriots doing today? Dobby, you're what's up, man. Tony, I'm going to tell you, when you played the beginning of the Penn State game, I, a, a tear came to my eye. Uh, that that got me so fired up. Young Johnny and, uh, Majors. A young, the young man leading him out. I guess to Chris Schenkel at that point, everybody was a young man. but He was, uh, he was 41 years old at that time. Wow, that's cool. And, uh, this is, this is. This is interesting, too. The USA Today on Wednesday has a full-page article with a great picture of Coach Majors in his pit shirt comparing what Colorado is doing to what Majors did in 1973 with Pitt. Wow. And there's quotes in here from Dave Wonstadt, Tony Dorsett, Jackie Sherrill, I'm telling you, it's a full-page article. If you can go read it online, everybody needs to read it. It's great. Uh, and that's just so funny you played that, and it, two days after this came out in the USA Today, about rebuilding a program that was completely dead, because Pitt had been 1-10 or something the last two or three years. Yeah, they had lost ten or 9 or 10 straight to Penn State going into that game, and that night, when there was a new world order in the in the um, Eastern football, I was like, "Man, I could get into this. These these people in here are in total pain. This must mean something." Well, that that was going to lead to my next. Uh, I have a I have some memories kind of together here that uh, in 1965, just like uh, Bino and the late great Paisan, I started really paying attention to UT football, and my dad was an usher in Section X. And so at home, I listened to it with my next-door neighbors, but a real great memory is on the road, my dad would take me to a Sinclair service station. Do you remember the dinosaur? Do you know the dinosaur, Tony, at Sinclair? You ever heard of that? They still, they still exist, by the way, in the mid parts of the Midwest. There you go. 
and my, out west, toward we, the west. And we would go down there, and it was like Floyd's Barbershop on Mayberry. We would hang out in there and have the radio on. It was George Mooney at the time. And my dad had let me get a Coke, a bottle of Coke, and some uh, salted peanuts and pour that in the Coke. And I realized how intense these men were, grown men. How great is that? Yeah, and, you know, listening to all these games. And then in 66, uh, my dad took me to my first game, and a previous caller mentioned it, which I think is great. I did not know it was televised at the time. We played Kentucky in 1966, and I fell in love with Johnny Mills, a receiver. And the T on the helmet, it was just like, I can't believe it. And then we, then we, you know, in the, we were in the uh, Blue Bonnet Bowl the first year in Old Rice Stadium in Houston, 65. And 66, we played Syracuse in the Gator Bowl. And, uh, you know, it was just like North versus South. You know, and I, I was just immersed in it, Tony. You know, it was just uh, my dad. He went to games in the '30s growing up. Back then, you could let him have a man sneak you in, you know, and stuff. And uh, it, it's just unbelievable. I mean, and uh, I'm glad you do this every year because yep. you hear different stories That's every it. year. That's it, my man. And and listen, I appreciate you being there, unlike any other. It is absolutely insane. The W. Lynn's like a living history book. Let's get Daniel in here, who's joining us through the magic of Twitter. Space is a new medium we utilize here. Daniel, welcome in. Hope you're well on this Friday. Tony, Danny Boy here. Uh, uh, same, uh, same with you. Um, I love this discussion because who turned me on to Tennessee football, Tennessee athletics was my aunt. Uh, my father and my mother really didn't care much about sports. I did as a, as a kid. And I, of course I remember the, the national championship, but I really, I think that kind of got me initially introduced. And then I remember the Travis Stevens and Travis Henry days, wow. which lit the fire for me. I remember seeing them, them just dive over the the end zone and uh just the aesthetic that they had on the field and they just they really got me to enjoy intensity football the first game i ever attended was the marshall game in 2003 and it was just pouring the rain that homecoming game and that was also the first game that my grandfather got to go to and he is no longer with us wow so it was a lot of it's just a lot of family you know with this area and, and with this university and and it's it'll it'll i have a daughter of my own that's going to be four months and i can't wait to, to show her what this is and whether she enjoys it or not but she's just going to know that tennessee football and tennessee athletics and that it is a it's a staple in this home so what did your folks think of when your aunt kind of took you under wing and they were kind of not really into it what did they think of it when you got into it? Well, my family was really close at that time. My aunt was just she took us everywhere to the games, the basketball games. Um, we later on got season tickets together, and she moved off to another 
area, and That's so awesome. we, we don't really uh, get to go to a lot of the games anymore. But it was something that we bonded over, and we would uh, even just go to some away games. And anytime she would get tickets to, to basketball, initially when Bruce Pearl came, we would all load up and go. And we, we eventually got season tickets for basketball. And it was just – it was it was a family event. It was something that we just all – rallied around and we still do we still talk about it all the time we talk about your show all the time uh talk about all the calls that we have on your show and all your uh, legends of the show it's 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 something that it's it's bigger than just football for and and sports for us well listen i I appreciate you danny and i hope you have a great day yes sir yes sir yes sir uh I know you're going to be in the LaFollette area next Friday yes. with your band. Yes. If you need some bass accompaniment, I would totally hold the low down, uh, the low end down for you all. So uh, you all have a good day and go Vols. You too, my man. Thank you, brother. Great talking to you. Danny is, uh, he is uh, volunteering, as it were, in the volunteer state. Let's go back to the phones. And we'll get our next call in. Hello and welcome. You are hey. live on a Friday. What's going on, Tony? It's Celtic Drew. Hey, Celtic Drew. Welcome in. Hey, so I remember that Marshall game vividly. I think that was 2006, wasn't it? Uh, I just remember LaMarcus Coker popping off that 93-yard run in the pouring down rain. Boy, that guy was, that was so talented. Uh, I remember that game as being the game where Bino got his car just destroyed in the oh, rain. No. Was that I, the, that I was think the, they played Marshall twice, maybe in 03 and 06, too. Was that the game, Brian, when Bino got his... was a rain game, though. Yeah, 06 was when yeah, Bino got his car destroyed. Was, there was a rain delay, Yeah, Bino's car got washed away. Just destroyed. The interior he, of it He, he opened away. his car when he got back to his car. It was parked down there in the park. What's the park called where the tennis courts are? Uh, Tyson, Tyson, Tyson Park. Tyson Park. And he was park right down park, there where the yeah. creek is, because he Boy, always parked there. Yep. And when he opened his car door, the way he describes it, this water came from his dashboard and just poured right oh, over him. No. Yeah, I've heard you tell that story before. I didn't yeah. realize it was that Marshall game. But, yeah, it, it rained buckets that day. Buckets. Um, I remember all the Marshall fans were wearing their We Are Marshall t-shirts because that movie had just come I out. I love those people, man. Um, That's a yeah, neat, neat deal. That's a neat deal. So I was born in 91. And my memory is actually, it's one of the earliest vivid memories that I actually have anyway, about four years old. And it was, we were down in my parents' basement, which was unfinished at the time, concrete floors, exposed two by fours, Fox TV, direct TV, and it was Tennessee against Alabama in 95. Uh, Just that Leading up to that, kind of my dad explaining to me what the rivalry meant, how important that game was, being well-versed in that history, and watching Tennessee come out and from play number one just absolutely murder Alabama. And my dad had this old leather recliner that had the duct tape on it, just, you know, like every guy has his chair. And I just remember so vividly being down here with with him that night, watching that game on direct TV. Um, those old remotes had like silly, stupid purple and pink buttons. I remember that. We had a fire going. He had his Miller Lite and just watching Peyton Manning pick apart Bama 
And then right when they thought they had some some room to breathe, here comes Jay Graham down the right side. Just absolutely. And then next year was my first Tennessee-Alabama game that I went to. We won 20-13, to 13 and he did the exact same thing. Um, just I- I'm so happy that my first memories are kind of wrapped around that Bama game. Obviously, it's the most historically significant and important rivalry, in my opinion, in the Southeastern Conference. Um, well, I hope your memory. I hope. I hope. I hope. In time, Drew, and I appreciate your call. I hope your memory does not share something with my first memory of college football, which was the Penn State Pittsburgh matchup, which is no longer played because we've had something called progress. Matt, is that going to happen to the Penn State to the uh, to the Tennessee Alabama series? Something called progress, Matt. Would you care to predict that? <sighs> I I think I don't I don't think it's going away just yet. I agree with you. I think they're going to preserve it. I didn't think that several months ago. I think they are now, though. I think I've got the all preseason. The balls on the all preseason SEC teams. They're going to do it over Saban's uh, protesting body, though. By the way, if you want to share. Your first recollection of this thing called, it doesn't have to be the, the Vols. Mine was Penn State, Pittsburgh. A couple other people had different games or different uh, teams. How you got into it, who took you under wing. I love the story somebody told about their aunt. That is so cool. Imagine having an aunt that Dude. cool that she drags you to a game. <laughs> Think about that. You're just some punk I've kid. drug a lot of places but never to a game. Think about that. Think about a lot of places I didn't want to be. Think about how cool you would be as an adult to take some little kid and bring him to a f- football game. That's not your kid. Think about how cool that is. Dixie, do you care to guess who which balls made the made a preseason all SEC team? Joe Milton better be QB, too, on that thing, Bri, if they're smart. I mean, if you're trying to guess, because if he can play, he's going to put up huge numbers. If he can play. If he can play. <laughs> well, I mean, isn't that true? Dixon, if he can play, is he going to put up huge numbers? Oh, absolutely. Is he going to put up better numbers than Jefferson? Uh, prob- uh, probably. Or your boy Leary up there, who I'm Leary of. Everybody's talking about. Please. Well, so if he can play, he can put up huge numbers. We'll see. Why do he you can play? He, he can play in that Orange Bowl versus Clemson. Right. Right. If he can play, he can put up huge numbers. But no, I, he probably is not on that. All SEC team. If I had to, if I had to guess, I'd say no. I would put him second team, based on who's back in this league. Where would you put him, Matt? Um, I mean, you could definitely make the case for second. I'd probably. Oh, uh, I don't know that that the. I think the kid at Mississippi State's back, but they don't have Leach, Colin Plack. I don't even know what offense they're running. Will Rogers, right? Yeah, I mean, he's kind of just a just a, a stat, just pad stats guy. Yep. But, 
he does put up huge numbers like like Milton does, will. Um, again, KJ Jefferson in Arkansas, but other than that, I, I do think Milton's definitely probably top three or four. Milton is third team, all SEC. That's good. And he's joined on the third team. Brew McCoy made the second team All-SEC, so he's the only no balls in the first team All-SEC. Wow. And care to guess who else from Tennessee made the third team All-SEC? How good of a coaching job are these guys doing? Uh, Well, the the running backs kind of split everything. Um, um, Cooper Mays, maybe. Copper. So, yeah, Copper. That's one. How about that? Yeah, there's one you, more. Copper. Um, Shout out Tank McCullough. No defensive players made any Jesus. teams. Jesus, yeah, come on. Come man. on, man. I'm o- just kidding. Omari Thomas didn't make one of the teams? No. Huh. Come with the media yeah, day. They didn't vote for the teams. guy? Devontae Spragans and Cooper Mays, well, Joe Milton, third team. Brew McCoy, second team, and that's it. Uh, Matt was not guessing Spragans. But let's go back to the phones and get our next call in. Caduce to the Vols. Hello and welcome into our next call. Hey, guys, it's Polish Joe. Hey, Paulie, how'd you get into it? What's your first memory? My first real memory was the Catholic Convicts game in 88. Oh, my gosh. Wow. That is phenomenal. My mother was, as you know, Tony, she was a Catholic elementary principal. Yes. And my dad was a parole officer. Well, I was a Notre Dame fan because we grew up close. Well, that day, Tony, you'll get a kick out of this. That day, we were, I was so excited to watch that game. I went and played uh, street football, tackle football with a bunch of guys in the neighborhood, kids in the neighborhood. And I was uh, about 11. There were probably 15, 16, 17-year-olds I'm playing with, and I got my Notre Dame stuff on. And, of course, they all hated Notre Dame. They were all ready for Miami to put put the smack down on us. And I'll never forget, after we got done, um, the older kids brought me over. I guess it might have been a little initiation. And they, let's just put it this way, made me – Take a couple puffs of the hoo-hoo, hee-hee, if you know what I mean. How did Paulie Joe Brian get take this thing into, like, illicit drug use? How did we get long there, Brian? Story, we're, telling, uh, sh- we're telling a feel-good story about your first exposure to college football. Having, having seen Paulie Joe, I, I, don't, I don't see how anybody could have. Uh, no, I'd imagine at the age, that kind at of, the age of eleven, I'll bet you weighed two forty. Yeah, there's Cody, no way. I, I get home to watch a game. Thank God, my mom and my dad were so involved in the football game. They, they had no idea. Was, <laughs> they didn't notice I was eating two pizzas. <laughs> that is so great, man. That era of college football right there is a sweet spot. For those of you who didn't experience it, I'm sorry. That Notre Dame thing and the 30 for 30 about the kids at the school at Notre Dame that came up with the T-shirts and sold the T-shirts out of their dorm and they were pressing them as quickly as they could and the whole deal, 
That was incredible. That Miami run they had in the in the 80s was just absolutely nuts how good they were and how polarizing they were. Hey, hey uh, Paulie, who were the guys fans of if they weren't Notre Dame fans being in Chicago? Miami. Michigan. Oh, the Michigan. Any Dame other Big fans. Ten teams like Illinois maybe? No. Not really. No. The- not, not really. They were all Wolverine fans, and they hated Notre Dame just for that reason. But they really oh, that's fun. I get that. That's fun. And they played every. That's another rivalry: Michigan Notre Dame. This oh, kind absolutely gone the way of the Buffalo. Absolutely. Year. New the new great Buffalo. Show. Have a great day. Thank you. Not no rips on Barnes. No, I'll let it go today. Thank you. That's very. Um, but of course. The hoo hoo and the woo woo and the hoo hoo and the hee hee and the ha ha. Let's get our next call in. Hello and welcome. Hey Tony, it's Holly in Florida. Hello, Holly in Florida. Welcome in. Well, I think I'm one of the oldest people by far that's calling in today. Um, so anyway, that's kind of young at heart. Different. Young at heart, as it were. <laughs> but my first memory. Uh, football, RUT football, and it was in the mid-60s, and I was eight years old or so, and uh, my parents were UT grads and uh, had worked at UT, and then my dad got a job, so he left, and um, so his big thing was to go back every year to the Tennessee-Kentucky game, whether it was in Knoxville or in Kentucky. Nice. And so uh, he and his college friends and their families would meet together, and so one year it was in Lexington, I guess, and one year it was in Foxville. And uh, I can remember being left with the babysitters, uh, you know, when they all went to the game. They took pictures and everything, and then they made us stay with babysitters. And I was ticked off about it, uh, even at that young age, because I wanted to go to the game. So my dad finally told me that he would take me to a game, but he would not take me to a Kentucky game at Kentucky. It had to be in Neyland Stadium. And so I'm thinking that my first game was around 67 or so and it was in the Doug Dickey year so that's my first memory of a football coach at Tennessee and we were really really good and I went back and I looked at our seasons we were like eight and three and all of that so I was hooked from day one and um, I even had uh, I think it's somewhere in my stuff I have an Archie Who button oh wow when you know all that stuff was going mm-hmm. on that's so cool College. I think my dad bought that for me, and I've always saved it. Uh, but anyway, my parents told me when I went to the game that there were some rules I had to follow. And uh, I follow them to this day. You never, ever get to the game late. You have to be there to watch the band do their, you know, format mm. and everything. Mm. Or you're not a trip ball. And then you never, ever leave a game early, no matter what the weather is, and no matter how much the game is being won or lost by. To this day, I can honestly tell you, and I'm 67 years old, I have never left a game. I have never gone to a game and gotten there late. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those things. And I've never, uh, even in my college days when I thought I was, you know, Miss Party Girl, I didn't leave. But I never left. I never left the game. And when I was young, I remember the first game, my mom would always cry when the, the band would play the alma mater and the Tennessee Waltz after the game. And I just thought she was weird. I was like, that is so strange. Well, fast forward, 
I cry now and like they play that. I always that's kind of my thing at the end. And my Vanderbilt husband doesn't really totally get it, but I don't really care. And uh, you know, it's just it's just there's so many things that all of us have just little tidbits and. I'm sure they have them at other schools, but it's just hard for me to believe that they're as poignant and as personal and impactful as what we had at Tennessee. Well, it's just so special. Holly, my favorite thing about the Tennessee experience is how many, and I have a friend, we laugh about the number of characters that this place just attracts. You, you, don't, you laugh about it. I mean, they're just so, there's so many characters around this. And there always has been, you know, and and it's just uh, it's just such a unique, fun thing that we share here. After my father, uh, my dad came back and went to UT after mm-hmm. the war, World War Two, mm-hmm. and on the GI Bill, and then he worked. My mom and dad both worked at UT, and I remember him. He's long gone now, but I remember him telling me that right after the war when football got back into business again and everybody was excited. And back then, everybody dressed up to go to the game. You know, right. wore top, mm-hmm. all that stuff. He said he remembered women sliding down. I guess it's over there kind of by where uh, the north end zone is. There used to be, you know, you know where they used to do the cannons? Mm-hmm. Thing? Okay, well, back in his day, he said he remembers women when it was rainy, and he said back then we actually had some games where it was snowy, he remembers women sliding down that hill on their fur coats. <laughs> Isn't that wild? I, we did a, and Holly, thank you, we, we did a special with uh, Tom Mattingly several years ago, Gate 21, I think it was a Vol Scars on the night that Chattanooga, day Chattanooga came up here and beat the Vols in football. That is laugh out loud funny when our crowd got so angry after the game that they went over and took a police vehicle, cop car, and threw it into the Tennessee River. We've always had a, a hilarious fan. I'm just a, an incredibly fun crazy out there fan base and picturing those women sliding on their fur coats in the snow i can totally picture that here yes in a different era 865-200-5402 if you want to join as we uh, bring it back it on a friday your first recollection of college football what is it and who got you into it and here we are. And we're but um, a little over six weeks out from this. It's crazy how close the season is. And only three Vols on the first, second, and third team. That is very disrespectful. Very disrespectful. Four. Not four. Were. Four. That's very dis- Now it's very no disrespectful. So we continue with more after this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. 
Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. 
Tint on Wheels is changing their Columbia location. You can now visit us at 406 South James Campbell Boulevard, the same window tinting you've trusted for over 30 years on all types of windows, car, business, or residential. We now offer accessories to elevate your ride. It's only getting bigger and better. With three locations, Columbia, Lewisburg, and Lawrenceburg, we do our best for you. Summer's coming. Let's get you ready. Call 931-619-TINT today. It's rodeo time in Murray County, the 19th annual Murray County Sheriff Rodeo, July 14th and 15th. Gates open at 5.30 and the show starts at 8. As always, kids 11 and under get in free. We have free pony rides, petting zoos, face painting, balloons, and bounce houses, all in our spectacular kids zone. We have cowboys and cowgirls from all over the United States. Fireworks show immediately after the main event bull riding. Pre-sale tickets are $15 and can be purchased at United Co-op or Columbia Farm Supply. Or at the gate, they're $20. All brought to you by Harness LLC, where we build people that move dirt. Again, the 19th Annual Murray County Sheriff's Rodeo, July 14th and 15th. Gates open at 5.30. Show starts at 8. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. TB back with you, 865-200-5402. A couple false starts by me. So we welcome you back. Making it happen. All lines currently jammed as they will stay throughout. We're no doubt heading for another TLD Logistics Overdrive Overtime. Uh, back to the phones we go. Hello and welcome into our next call. You're live on the show. Hi. Hey, Tom. Big C. Brownie. How y'all doing today? Man? Doing great. Welcome in, brother. So, actually, Justin's in Florida today. We're on vacation this week. And well, go for you, brother. Highly entertained. Go for highly you. Entertained this week. Go for you, my man. Hey, thank you. <laughs> you have, man. It's, it's been one great show after another, man. I sit down here on the beach and stuff, just listening every day. But I, I wanted to call today because this, this really means something to me, like how I got my fandom. Uh, my dad is not a sports fan whatsoever. Uh, but I had an aunt and a first cousin who mean the world to me, and they're what got me interested in sports and watching football and stuff like that. So that's where I got my sports fandom, but I was always kind of a, <laughs> I was a kid, so I was kind of a jerk. So I wasn't a Tennessee fan to begin with because I like teasing my cousin. He's like a big brother to me. He's about six, seven years older than I am. So obviously he was a Tennessee fan. And the first game I kind of seen on TV, it's kind of like Polo Joe. I seen those Golden Domes of Notre Dame, and I was just my cousin, he's like, God, I hate those guys. I hate those guys. And I said, uh, well, I think, I think I'll root for them just to aggravate him, you know. But I guess the moment it kind of my Tennessee fandom began was that 91 Sugar Bowl. Uh, I had to get up and go to school the next day. And my mom, I remember this so vividly. I think I was about 11 or 12 years old, probably 12. But uh, my mom had to have a surgery the next day. And they had to get up early and take her, you know, to the hospital for her surgery and stuff. So 
they were like, you know, we need to get in the bed and all this. And my first TV was a little black and white <laughs> knob TV. And I swear to you, uh, I snuck and turned it back on and stayed up and watched those balls come back and beat Virginia. And I think my eighth grade year of school, Tony Thompson, the running back of that team, came to our school and talked oh, to us wow. and stuff. And all us boys were getting autographs and everything. And I had this bucket, this Tennessee bucket hat, and he autographed it for me. And I, I wore it to the beach for my senior trip when I was a senior. Wound up giving it to some girl <laughs> Myrtle Beach on my senior trip. Like but, father, uh, like that, son. <laughs> That's uh, that. That Virginia Sugar Bowl game is what sealed me. You know, I was kind of a ball fan anyway, but I would cheer for Notre Dame just to piss my cousin off. Because, like I said, he was like a big brother to me. It was kind of like a, you know, I like this team, so I'm going like, he's going to like the other and vice versa, you know. But uh, that's, that's how I got it, man. And once I, once I stayed up and watched that game, because we trailed the biggest part of that game. Oh, the whole, the whole thing, yeah, till the, yeah. for the uninitiated. Tennessee looked like they were going to get beat by a couple scores in that game. And that Virginia team exactly. was really talented. That was that Herman yeah. Moore team. Herman Moore, yep. And I forget who that quarterback was. Sean had, something. Sean. Uh, Sean, yeah. I, I cannot get Sean something. But anyway. you know, Was his name not Moore, too? Maybe Sean Moore and Herman Moore. I think there you're right, Brian. More. I think it there might, was two yeah. Moores there. I, I think Terry Kirby. Really I think Terry Kirby played on that Terry team Kirby. as well. Yeah, Kirby wound up going to the 49ers. Yep. They were, a few years. They they were number crushed. one in America for a while that year. They beat Georgia Tech, and they were number one, and then they lost like three or four games in a row. But they had already taken that bowl bid. Uh, that's how they did it back then. Yeah, and, and you had two national championships sometimes. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> I think you had two after that year. I think Colorado and uh, Colorado and somebody it shared. It was somebody. I think it was Georgia Tech. And then I know Washington shared one year with somebody. I can't remember the Huskies. They shared with somebody. But anyway, can you, that, can you imagine Colorado or, or Georgia Tech winning an Addy today? Can you imagine? I can't imagine Colorado winning two games this year. Can you imagine having ties in college football and how great it was when we had ties before overtime? Yeah. We tied them back. I love ties. <laughs> I'm for ties, not against ties. It made the sport yeah, so we're, interesting. We're for it. We're forwarded as your brother Stephen. You got, hey, I love it. If it weren't for my aunt and my cousin, who knows? Because, like I said, my dad, he he does not care one thing about sports. Isn't that incredible? He likes to hunt. hunt. He's more of an outdoorsman and stuff like that. I I can fish, but I don't care about hunting. But you give me a football game, baseball, and I'll sit there and watch it all day. Thank you, my brother. Hey, good talking to you. Love you. You know, people that do the outdoors thing, I used to be like, well. I totally get that now. Older I get. Because there is something centering about being outdoors. That's a beautiful thing. Spending time outside. Back to the phones we go. Let's get our next call in. Our Fountain City Ramblers tonight, 730. We're going to be out at um, Casual Pint, way out west on North Shore. North Shore at Pelsby Parkway. Going to be absolutely outstanding. 7.30 tonight, we take the uh, main bandstand. Part of their summer concert series. Let's go to the phones and get our next call in. Hello and welcome. 
Tony, I was going to say the uh, 1990 Alabama-Tennessee games. What? Tell me about it. What was the what was the backstory? <laughs> Tell me about it. That's when we had all that talent. We kept running it up the middle, and I was uh, there. Lost nine to six on that block field goal. Ultimate Volscar. Yeah. No. What's the, what's the, what that. was your doorway? What was your entryway into this life of torture? You know what? It was all about John Ward. Oh, man. All about John Ward when I was growing up. I, the, the games, uh, 1970, I remember the Sugar Bowl, Bill Battle, we beat Air Force. And uh, I remember a little bit Dickey, but not really. But I'd say in the 70s. But it was all about John Ward uh, painting the picture. I stayed up late at night. I'd, I'd, I'd tape some of the games. I know VHS tapes uh, or A-track, record them, and uh, replay them over and over. Just had the sound, John Ward. Uh John Ward, as good as the Tennessee game day experience was, it didn't compare to listening to John Ward in my room painting the picture. He, uh, I'll tell you what's incredible. When he passed away, <coughs> it'd be four years ago, I guess. I was on vacation that night. And I was in Ocean City, New Jersey. It was like a moonlit night. I remember sitting out on the boardwalk with a cell phone in my hand. And Brian came down to the studio and sat in here and produced a program. Brian, how long did we go that night? Maybe two and a half, three hours, something of that effect. And we took calls from all over the world from people who were absolutely floored at the passing of John Ward and all the people that he touched down through the years with his work. It's pretty strong, man. Oh, he was my childhood. That is so strong. Tennessee sports. That is so strong. He was even, he was even, he might've even been better in basketball. Oh yeah. He loved basketball. He was great. I mean, my dad was not a sports person, or my mother, but my dad did take me to the Vol Classic a couple times. Oh, that's awesome. I saw Bernie and Ernie. Nice. And uh, I have I a liberated Vol Classic trophy in the other room in the uh, Raymere Studio Annex. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. It's liberated. Hey, Tony, do you remember, uh, I, I was hoping we'd always get home from church. They had these highlights. Uh, about an hour's worth of highlights of the show. I don't know who did it, Chris Schinkel, or I'm not sure who did it, but he's hoping to get maybe five minutes. If Tennessee hoping they were going to be on there, you might you might get five minutes of highlights. Big you know? deal. And uh, I think uh, John Adams, he mentioned it yesterday. He misses the old, you know, all the old announcers, all the old play-by-play guys for the college teams and, there's, you know, there's no mystery to it anymore. There was a mystery back then. But, uh, yeah, for me, 
John Ward kind of brought me in and took me through my childhood. Under wings. My favorite memory. Thank yeah. you, my man. Thank you. And and it's amazing it took that long for John Ward to get that shout out. Because that's pretty next level. Back to the phones we go. Hello and welcome into our next call. Hey, Tony. Hi. Uh, my first experience with uh, Tennessee football was uh, I listened to the uh, 1952 Sugar Bowl with my grandfather. He wow. has been back in uh all the way back in the thirties and he could name every player that ever played back then and he loved radio and he just but he he couldn't hear very well but he put his ear right up to the radio. Wow. And um uh, he did get mad when they lost, uh, you know, he said a few words. So he'd have been a good he'd have been a good talk show caller in his day. He'd have been a good talk show caller. He would have. He would have been mm -hmm. real good. Mm -hmm. And I don't think he ever saw a game in his life, but he listened to all of them until he died. I guess. Isn't that amazing? And uh, my first game I went to was 1959 against Vandy, and of course we lost that game. <laughs> Just part I've of seen the, a few losses over just, the years. Just part of the deal, right? Yeah, it was part of the deal. But anyway, that's about all I've got. So to your say. grandfather, your grandfather took you under wing back then, huh? He did. He um, he would let me listen with him, and I he wanted somebody to listen with him. I know. love it, and I did. And did you take folks under wing along the way as well, introduce people to it? I did. Uh, I, my brothers and my dad never was much of one to listen to games at all. He did start watching when we got TV. And I guess the first game I saw on TV was probably 1954 with uh and it wasn't tennessee either it was alabama and tcu when that's so Mayo cool made about four touchdowns that day and an alabama guy tackled him off of the sidelines one time but my first game uh to see on tv was tennessee and auburn and what a treat that must have been man it was a real treat. Uh, of course, we lost again, of course. That's the day we didn't get a first down, I don't think. Hey, hey your, your television debut and you don't get a first down, that's tough. Yeah, I know. That was really bad. And uh, But I don't know. I'm stuck with it, and I've enjoyed many a game. Well, listen, I... I appreciate you sharing, and I love the visual of your grandfather up close to that radio and you sitting there with him because you wanted to hang out with your grandfather. That's beautiful, man. All right. I'll talk to you later. Thank you. 
And really, that's what sports are about. You know, we've had a bunch of people, Matt, call today, and this kind of blows my mind, who say their parents weren't sports fans, but they were. That's wild to me. Because if I didn't grow up in a sports household, I don't know if I'd be into it like I am. And I think a lot of that's the fact that that they didn't have as much, hardly any TV back then. No doubt. You had black and white. You had very few channels. There wasn't much to – you really had to find – what you were looking for sports-wise, if you were into that. Well, it's like a lifestyle now. Like, I was visiting with my sister. Yeah, there's so many. It's all over the place. Well, I was talking to my sister. She's like, oh, the Phillies are on tonight. I'm like, you don't like baseball. Oh, yeah, I watch them every night. And I'm like, what? Because it's there. You know, I was thinking it might have been a pretty dangerous if you're in Nashville last night, it was probably pretty dangerous on the roads because you had eight people pick Vandy to win the East. <laughs> you probably didn't want to be out in the road. Dixon, I love that people made a mockery of the voting, Matt. I am so for that, and it ain't even funny. I know some people aren't going to be for that. I'm for that, Matt. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's such a giant. And you know... And we all know who they are. We talked about them earlier this week, all of our, our sports writing buddies um, that are secretly or like quietly furious that, that people basically had a joke of a ballot. But what what about the the three idiots who, who picked Vandy to win the East but didn't pick them to, to win the SEC? Like, I mean, what kind of coward does that? I mean, if you're going to pick them to win the East, you might as well pick them to win the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to be like a fake, closeted idiot, why wouldn't you just go all the way with it? That's a great point. If you're a closet moron, why would you use reason and rationality? I mean, you're a moron. Was it that uh, the beat writer over there that... Now we're going to start naming names. Was the the female for the Tennessee... No, stop it. Now we're going to start naming names. Come on, Brian. Brian, why can't you leave a tender moment alone, buddy? You're going to, dra- <laughs> you're going to drag Brian Rice into this before it's over. Good gosh. I wonder how high up on his ballot he had him. I wonder if he had himself making any of the all-league. T- we are no doubt heading for a TLD logistics overdrive, overtime. We've had a myriad of great calls, and then there's Polish Joe's. Um, it's been a most interesting program. To the radio listener, we'll be back here on Monday with Bino, but listen anyway. Another weekend closer to this deal, and Brian's enjoying a little too much the implosion of the New York Yankees. You're enjoying it, aren't you, Brian? They're imploding. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. It's time to put a Dodge in your garage. And at Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us for all the muscle you need. We have a huge inventory to choose from, from the spine-tingling 2021 Dodge Charger SRT to the 2021 Dodge Challenger Superstock. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Yep, at Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, we're flexing our Motor City muscle. 
You can count on us online at ColumbiaCDJR.com. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today. 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Spring is here and we are ready. We carry a full line of steel, echo, and chindawa yard equipment. We also have a great selection of grass seed, fertilizer, and garden supplies. With the most knowledgeable sales staff in Southern Middle Tennessee, come check us out at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. 
I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. Life gets busy and sometimes slowing down to buy your family quality food can seem impossible. This is Terry Taylor with Taylor Family Farm and we offer local home delivery in addition to our local drop locations to help with that problem. Now you can get your favorite pastured poultry, pork, and grass-fed beef delivered right to your door. Visit TaylorFamilyFarmTN.com to find out how. We believe in healthy food, healthy people, and healthy community at Taylor Family Farm. Gypsy Kings featuring Torino Baliardo return to Nashville. With a concert that will take you on a trip down memory lane. The Gypsy Kings will be performing their greatest hits November 4th at TPAC Andrew Jackson Hall. For you to dance and enjoy an unforgettable night. Tickets on sale through ToninoBaliardo.com. A loud and live production. Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.